Good morning, everyone. I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Today is the 15th of November, the 319th day of 2021, with only 46 days remaining until 2022. Today in 1492, Christopher Columbus purportedly noted the first recorded reference to tobacco. Today in 1533, Francisco Pizarro arrived in Cusco. Today in 1578, having sailed the Golden Hind through the Strait of Magellan, Sir Francis Drake was surveilling the southwesternmost South American coast and preparing to raid the Spanish settlement of Valparaiso, Chile. Today in 1620, Plymouth Colony military leader Miles Standish led 16 fellow passengers from the recently landed Mayflower on an exploration of the northern portion of Cape Cod. Today in 1720, pirates Anne Bonny, Mary Reed, and Calico Jack were brought to Spanish Town, Jamaica for trial. Today in 1927, the same year my German mother and Corsican Basque father were born, Georgian Joseph Stalin became the undisputed ruler of the Soviet Union, as Leon Trotsky, one of the key military leaders of the Russian Revolution, was expelled from the Communist Party. A three-war United States Army veteran, my father, having served briefly in the armored cavalry at the tail end of World War II and then in the Medical Service Corps in Korea and Vietnam, was essentially at odds with Stalin for most of his life. My full-blooded German mother fared no better in that political regard, having been raised on the wrong side of the battle during World War II and then becoming my father's post-war occupation forces bride and eventually a naturalized U.S. citizen, would easily become an, an, a member of our nation's detente with the Soviet Union. Today in 1936, one of America's iconic engineering feats, the San Francisco-Oakland Bay Bridge, not to be confused with the Golden Gate Bridge, had just been officially opened when President Franklin Roosevelt in Washington, D.C. pressed a telegraph key, relaying the green light to traffic. Today in 1956, Love Me Tender, Elvis Presley's first movie, premiered in New York City. Today, in 1969, a report released a day earlier by investigative reporter Seymour Hirsch about the My Lai massacre carried out by U.S. forces in March 1968 further inflamed American protests against U.S. military involvement in Vietnam. Today, in 1988, the Palestinian National Council, headed by Yasser Arafat at a meeting in Algiers, declared the independence of the Arab state of Palestine. Today, in 1990, President George Herbert Walker Bush signed the Clean Air Act of 1990, which had received overwhelming bipartisan support and was designed to curb four major threats to the environment, acid rain, urban air pollution, toxic air emissions, and stratospheric ozone depletion. Friday this past week marked the closing of the 26th session of the Conference of Parties, also known as the United Nations Climate Change Conference, COP26, in Glasgow, Scotland. We cannot discount the innumerable ironies springing from this conference, but we nonetheless should value those few items emerging in the plus column, among them the sharpening focus on massively corroborated data, on the increasing number of scientists signing on to a realistic view of curbing global warming, and the subsequent consensus by a majority of representatives to the conference that the true fantasy is our believing we can continue business as usual and not engender dire circumstances. 
circumstances. Thursday night this week, we will have a partial lunar eclipse forecast to be the longest such event within a stretch of a thousand years. The most recent partial lunar eclipse with a greater elapsed time happened on February 18th. 1440. And the next time Earth will see a partial lunar eclipse as lengthy as this month's will be on February 8th, 2669. On our other crisis front this past week, in every one of the in-person classes I'm teaching at UMaine this semester, I passed around a front-page article I'd clipped out of our local newspaper regarding an interview that had been recently conducted with my friend Tom Judge, who founded and continues to serve at the helm of Life Flight of Maine. My students readily noted that the article was every bit a report from the trenches, that Tom Judge was essentially our war correspondent, informing us about the most serious medical conditions COVID creates, and ultimately that none of us should feel in the least that the plague, the pandemic known as COVID, is anywhere near over, and that we should all be exercising all caution possible to see our way out beyond COVID. Currently, the national infection rate from COVID is about 14%, which has been more or less steady for a long while. And when we look at our current 47 million cumulative cases of COVID since the first reported cases on January 21st, 2020, and divide that by the total cases worldwide of roughly 253 million, we find that we have so far had 18.6% of the world's cases of COVID, while we are only 4% of the world's population. India, however, is a relatively close second, currently having 35 million cases. In third place globally is Brazil with 22 million cases. Fourth, fifth, and sixth places respectively go to the UK with 9.5 million cases, Russia with 8.9 million cases, and Turkey with 8.4 million cases. Meanwhile, worldwide deaths due to COVID are at 5.1 million, while COVID deaths here in the United States are at 760,000 up at least 7,000 since last week. Not a, not a huge number for some folks, only 1,000 of our citizens dying per day from the virus. Not a big number, unless someone close to you has succumbed to COVID. Worldwide, 7.5 billion doses of the vaccine have been administered. Today in 1919 in Los Angeles, California, Joseph A. Wapner was born. His father, an attorney, provided his son with a middle-class boyhood, which was highlighted by a date with then-unknown Lana Turner, who soon would become Hollywood's original sweater girl, followed closely by Jane Mansfield, Jane Russell, Anne Gwynn, and others. Biographer Ed Morrow tells us young Wapner forgot his money on that date and Lana had to pay for dinner, which probably had at least partly explained why young Joseph did not manage another date with young Lana. During World War II, Wapner served in the U.S. Army in the South Pacific, where he was seriously wounded and received a Bronze Star. After the war, he earned a law degree, went into practice with his father, and became active in California politics. In 1958, Governor Edmund G. Brown rewarded Wapner's support by appointing him to the municipal court, which handled small claims and traffic offenses. Wagner's work was well respected, and he moved on to the California Supreme Court, retiring from the bench in 1979. In 1980, Wapner was approached by the producers of the television program The People's Court. He accepted their offer to preside as judge on the show and became one of the best-known judges in America. 
1985, while visiting Washington, D.C., Wapner was delighted to receive a request from Supreme Court Justice Byron White to meet. Ironically, before going into law, Wapner had considered acting as a career. Today is also the birthday in 1738 of German astronomer William Herschel. In 1887 of American painter Georgia O'Keeffe. In 1929 of American actor Ed Asner. In 1932 of British singer Petula Clark. In 1940, of American actress Sam Waterston, and in 1951, of American actress Beverly D'Angelo. For more on Omain, I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Here's to the ninth official week of autumn.